Hey guys, it's Michelle, registered dietitian, certified personal trainer, and your host of this podcast, where we are talking all things intuitive eating and breaking down what's true versus what's diet culture so that you can focus on the simple and sustainable ways to actually improve your health and wellness. Today, I am chatting with Georgia Perkins. She is at Goodness with G on Instagram, and you might already follow her there. She has an awesome page with great health tips and recipes, um, many of which I really need to try. Um, So Georgia is a holistic health coach. And you might be thinking, Michelle, why are you talking to a holistic health coach? You are a registered dietitian. Isn't that different than a nutritionist or health coach and quote unquote better? And that's exactly why I wanted to talk to Georgia because she and I and, you know, she and a lot of other intuitive eating dietitians actually have so much in common in terms of philosophy and there's a lot of unnecessary conflict on social media between different professions solely based on how they're labeled. So I wanted to talk to Georgia to really break down what a dietitian does, what a health coach does, what a nutritionist does so that you know how to choose the right provider for you, as well as talk about just our philosophies. What does holistic mean? What does wellness mean? And what can you expect when you're working with either of us or potentially someone similar? So I hope you enjoy the conversation. Let's get into it. Okay. Hello, Georgia. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited that you're here joining me for this chat. We have a lot of good stuff to talk about, but first, why don't you just introduce yourself, tell everyone who you are, what you do um, briefly, and we'll get into more details of your whole background. Awesome. So yeah, I guess my official title would be, I'm an integrative nutrition health coach. So I also say that I'm a holistic health coach. I think We'll dive into that, I know, but those things um, for me are kind of interchangeable. But I also, I guess you could say the founder of like my, whatever, blog, website, social media, which is Goodness with G. So um, if you're looking for any recipes or like wellness inspo, that is where I share all of that good stuff um, as well. Amazing. Yeah. And that's how I found you, your Instagram, which is so great. <laughs> so inspiring. <laughs> Thank and you. The workout outfits, because you're also a yoga instructor. Yes. Yeah. So I also teach, I teach yoga sculpt, um, I guess virtually now, really ever since the pandemic started, I do some of that as well, but I teach here in Austin, uh, at core power. So just a couple times a week, it's by no means my full-time job, but it's really fun. And it's been a great, um, kind of a great addition to all the other things that I do. Yeah. Too. And those, those IG lives during COVID, I was there. <laughs> they were great. Yay! Perfect. They were honestly so fun. And I haven't been able to do, I feel like as much just because, you know, life is definitely picked back up and teaching in person is picked back up, but they are fun to, to continue to do. And, you know, there's a lot of people that obviously can't take class here in Austin. So it's fun to be able to sort of connect and have people be able to take classes all over the place. So you wear a lot of hats, do a lot of things. Um, but we're primarily going to talk about the nutritionist health coach piece of things. And I wanted to talk to you about this to clear the air a bit, because we were talking about this beforehand. There's just so much mm-hmm. tension on social media in general. I was literally right before this talking to friends about like cancel culture and all of that. And it yeah, is so real. Um, there are a lot of 
dietitians in my space, intuitive eating dietitians, mm -hmm. and I am not thinking of anyone in particular. This is not like calling people out, but it just can be um, very like anti-health coach, anti-nutritionist, anti-anyone mm -hmm. who doesn't have the education we do, which right. in some ways is fair. Like, are there people scamming people out there? Yes. Is everyone? Absolutely not. So right. um, let's start off. I wanted to really dive into like RD versus nutritionist mm -hmm. and versus health coach. So why don't you tell us how did you become a health coach? What is the training you did? Any continuing ed you do now? Like what's your background and your expertise? Right. No, I think that's, um, there's so much we could dive into. Yes. <laughs> in this topic. Um, yeah. So technically, you know, I have my health coaching certification through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. So, you know, that is something I obviously did post college and actually postgraduate school. So, you know, I studied undergrad. I was a communications major. I studied, like had minors in entrepreneurship and psychology. So all those things actually have kind of sort of unintentionally benefited me in what I do now, but I didn't study nutrition or, you know, anything like that in, um, in college. And so I know we'll dive into how different that is from your training, of course. Um, but to be able to, you know, to practice health coaching, it is confusing because I think that I've heard from dietitians specifically that you don't need any certification to, you know, to be a health coach. But personally, you know, I don't think that that's necessarily true. Maybe some people would trust someone that said they were a health coach that didn't have their certification. But right. I personally would never feel comfortable working with clients without having some sort of accreditation and certification. That's I wouldn't feel comfortable obviously doing that. Um but that's where I was, you know, I went through my training program there, have my certification through IIN and um, NC clients now, quote unquote, full time, in addition to all the other random parts of my business as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but for, for, I feel like to your point too, there's so much continued education and mm -hmm. there are courses, not just through IIN, which, you know, obviously is the program that I went through, you know, there are specific additional education courses that they offer that I um, actually have have done and am continuing to do like, you know, there's hormone health courses, there are gut health courses to help people dive even more deeply into those specific um, areas and be able to obviously help clients that are wanting more hands-on attention for those, you know, specific topics. So I love that they offer that. And then I think that just, there's a lot of maybe personal, maybe responsibility is the right word. I don't know, in terms of continuing to educate ourselves. And that's not just true for health coaches. That's for anyone, you know, practicing yeah. and that there's so much new information and out there resources and studies and things like that. And so, and I personally am just fascinated by obviously wellness, nutrition. I'm always interested in learning like what is the new thing. And so I do a lot of, you know, research and reading and listening on my own just to, to inform myself, but also to be a better coach um, so yeah, that could be, again, there's a lot I could dive into in terms of, you know, all of these things, but that is where I have my specific, um, I guess, certification Great. through. Great. And I'm glad that you brought up the research and continuing ed and studies because obviously same, you know, I right. was telling a friend the other day, I was like, I'm really <laughs> craving a full-blown research day to just like dive into all the information about all this. Right. So can you touch on research and studies and science and like where you learn all of that, because I think that is often a major criticism of health coaches. A lot of right. them say like, we are evidence-based. No one else is evidence-based, which is not mm -hmm. true. Um, like I said before, you know, cause I, this is not like 
pro dietitian, anti health coach, pro health coach, anti dietitian. This is just like everyone can be right. good or not at what they're doing. So yes, but to the point of like research and evidence and science, how mm-hmm. do you incorporate that? I think that's a great question. And actually, you know, I think I. I really rely on dietitians. I think a lot Mm -hmm. for people that I'm friends with or, you know, people that I know through, you know, I don't know, social media, variety of different communities, things like that. When I am looking for some more, you know, validated Mm -hmm. research or explanations for certain things. And I think a really important piece of all this is that as a health coach, and I can't speak for all health coaches because, you know, I'm sure, like you said at the very beginning, there are probably some people out there that are sharing information that they don't really know that much about. But, you know, speaking from my own experience, you know, I never, ever give clients prescriptive medical advice. That's not my place to do that. I don't know how to, you know, help people cure any sort of ailment, you know, like a doctor would or help them in certain ways that a dietitian would be able to do in, you know, ways I simply have not been trained to, to do that. And so I'm always very upfront with my, my clients or my potential clients in consultations that this is what you can expect from working with a health coach versus what you might expect from working with a dietitian or, you know, someone that's focused on X, Y, Z. So I think that I, you know, I really do try to lay that out with my clients so that they know what to expect. And, and that would be different than what they would get from working with, you know, someone who has been through, you know, specific schooling and education for, you know, particular topics. So I think that's an important thing to, you know, to mention is that I, that's not my job is to give prescriptive medical advice ever. And my job is to be, you know, a source of accountability and be able to kind of coach them through a variety of, you know, of health concerns, but it's really more lifestyle based. And I think that's what people don't necessarily always remember about health coaches. And, you know, there are health coaches that that really focus on specific areas, like we said earlier, hormone health, gut health, whatever. Um, and I think that if you are doing, you know, that type of work, having some additional accreditation or taking courses in those areas would be really important, you know, to, to be able to back up some of the things that you are suggesting to your clients. Um, personally, I feel like a lot of my work is, um, is really on, you know, establishing healthy habits and helping people improve their diet from an overhaul, you know, perspective. And I'm never going to tell someone to start doing any sort of specific diet or start taking any kind of medication or stop taking something or, you know, it's, it's a little bit different than maybe some people um, anticipate, but now I'm going on total tangent. So anyway, in words to, to research, I think that, you know, I really do rely on, um, you know, people in my world that I can reference back to and even refer people to as well. So I think that to back to your point earlier, you know, we can all coexist and actually help each other in a lot of ways and finding people that you can actually ask questions to or send your clients to as an additional resource is, is really important versus, you know, pretending like you have all of the knowledge and potentially giving them bad information. Right. Nobody has all the knowledge. If they say that's a red flag. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. 100%. Yes. And I think that's great. I mean, yeah, we can all coexist. And there are certain providers who I look to for more of the functional or alternative approach that I am less well-versed in. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I love that you pointed that out. And I think I do want to also add um, the dietitian training credential, like what specifically is different. And I 
had a client ask me this just the other day. And what I always tell people is technically nutritionist is not a protected title. So technically, yeah, anyone could say they're a nutritionist right now. Like you were saying, hopefully any ethical person is not going to do that. They're going to have some sort of education. It's just less specific. Whereas for dietitian, there are three components of that training. So there's the educational program, which is the didactic program in dietetics. Um, So just a set of coursework on all the sciences and medical nutrition therapy, and then 1200 hours of supervised practice. So that's the internship, which includes a clinical rotation working in a hospital and then um, passing a national exam. So that is what every dietitian definitely has. And could that, well, I don't even want to say it could. <laughs> Some, I think that there is this idea that like, okay, that means dietitians are more educated than health coaches, which so depends on the person. Um, right. Because like, yes, we are taught a lot about research and how to read research and all that. And we're also criticized for only relying on research, which takes too long to be created and then missing out on the new things. And there are plenty of dietitians who stay more up to date and are right. more open to newer um newer things. I think the main difference that you touched on that I think we both would agree with is like, if you have a specific medical condition that requires a particular nutritional approach, so that Mm -hmm. medical nutrition therapy, which is part of the training of a dietitian, that is very unique to a dietitian. So like- For sure. Yeah. Like someone with kidney disease needs very specific nutrition that I'm sure you would like refer them to a dietitian for that. And- 100%. Yeah. And I do specialize in eating disorders. So if someone has a full-blown eating disorder versus like maybe they are a chronic dieter and want the full lifestyle approach, they could probably go to either a health coach or a dietitian, but someone with an acute eating disorder would want to go more to a dietitian. 100%. Yeah. No, I think everything you hit on is super important. I think that, you know, also just really valuing the education that is required for, you know, to become an RD is huge. And I think that I'm, you know, I'm always in awe of how much it takes to, to become an RD. And that's why I really, I think I have a lot of um, like respect and like reverence for that because it takes years and a lot of studying. And, you know, I think that is incredible. And so I would never, like, I'm not pretending to be an RD. I'm like, I did not do that. I did a lot of other school, but it wasn't for those particular things. So I think that is a really important thing for people to understand. And to your point too, like, you know, the, the really in-depth understanding of, um, of research is a huge component of what you guys do. And that's why I refer to that because I'm like, I've not spent the hours understanding and, and diving into it to that extent for certain topics. So I think that's important. And I think that, you know, you make another great point and the whole idea of like referring, I think that referring is a huge part of what I do as well. And so two things is, you know, you said anyone that has a really acute health condition or concern, I will not work with. Not because I don't want to work with them. It's that I want to make sure that everyone that I do work with is getting the adequate experience that they deserve and the tools and the resources that they need. And, you know, someone had something that I felt like was just out of my scope of practice. I'm going to refer them to someone that I think might be able to help them more because if you're spending money on working with a coach or a dietitian or whoever, a doctor, you want to get the most out of that experience. And so I want, you know, people to have a good experience. And, you know, when I feel like that, 
what I work on is not in the scope of what we'd be able to do or what they need, then I'm going to refer them to somebody else. And same thing with eating disorder, you know, you clients, patients, whatever you want to call them is, you know, I have had many consultations with people that it has become very evident either through a conversation or even based on like the health history form that they fill out prior that this is just not going to be, this is not the right fit. And again, it's not that they're, you know, not a lovely person. It's just that I do not have the training and the tools that they require in order to, to get better and to, to live their best life. And so, you know, I, I refer a lot to, to RDs or anyone that, you know, in that field that I think that would be a better match for them. And, and I have no problem referring out, you know, again, it's, it's, you know, let's both maximize our time and our energy with people that are a good fit. So that's why, again, like a consultation is really important to be able to figure out who that right person is. So if someone is listening that thinks like, okay, you know, I really want to maybe work with a health coach or a dietitian, but I don't know, like just book a consultation and you'll figure out what's the right fit. And I think that, you know, that person hopefully is not going to like convince you to work with them. if It's not right because I don't, you know, I don't feel comfortable working with people if I feel like I don't have the tools to help them effectively. I, I gain nothing from that either. Exactly. Exactly. And I, you know, that is also so respectable. And I think something for people to look for, if you're kind of vetting providers for yourself, yes, do that consult call. Pretty much everyone should or will offer you like a free 15 minute phone call to chat about things and ask them, like, do you have experience with this? Have you seen Mm -hmm. clients with this? How do you typically work with clients for this, whatever? And if somebody is not willing to refer out if they're not willing to share like their expertise and where they're not an expert then Mm -hmm. it's probably someone who you might not want to see one thousand percent yeah and i think that that's um that's such a great point and i i love it when i'm able to refer someone because i feel like okay at least i was able to if i'm not the right fit then i can at least send them right down the right path to be able to to get there someone who you know is going to be perfect from that for them like that's so exciting i'm like oh my god i love this person yes like fantastic perfect exactly right and i think that's um you know that is definitely you make a great point in just asking questions i think it's really important um because i think that across the you know just usually when you're having like consultation, you may feel the same way. It's like, you know, we're asking a lot of questions about them and what they're struggling with or whatever it is. But you know, when someone actually asks me questions, I'm like, okay, great. Like it's not as common that people are, you know, questioning certain things for me. And so I think that that's an important reminder is to, you know, to find the right fit. You have to kind of do your research and do your, you know, due diligence as well. Totally. Okay. So We've talked about a lot of differences, but I do really want to focus on what we have in common as well. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe a good place to start is this word holistic. Holistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say functional, but we'll stick with holistic because that is, it is a word that I use often. Sure. I you do as well. Yes. And I think it's gotten a bad reputation in some ways as like, woo woo and like not trustworthy. So right. what, but when it comes down to the actual definition, it's totally valid. So how do you define holistic? How do you use that in your work with clients? For sure. No, I think that's so true. And I, I see that a lot when, you know, I'm asked what, you know, what I do as a health coach. And I, you know, often I, and I said this at the very beginning that I often refer to myself as a holistic health coach. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people think that that means like, I'm going to be telling them to go 
do energy healing and prescribing them herbs and like oils to, you know, and like right. stuff that actually I am into a lot of that stuff. And I, and it all serves out. Right. I'm like, I am like, I'm here for it, but yeah. it can be very intimidating, obviously to, to some people yes. that aren't as familiar with those sort of alternative healing practices. But really what holistic means to me is really like the whole person mm-hmm. quote unquote approach to health. And that's really what I do with my clients is, you know, we are taking all of the different elements of someone's health and wellness into account. So that can be everything from, you know, diet, nutrition, to, you know, physical activity, spirituality, career, relationships, uh, home environment, et cetera, et cetera. So there's so many different elements of health and they all, you know, play off of each other and they're all equally as important. And so, you know, I spend most of my time with clients, you know, working on, like I said earlier, establishing healthy habits, creating routines that serve them, finding ways to, you know, to boost the, their emotional health, mental health, finding creative outlets, et cetera. So I'm not sitting around like, here's a, you know, you should be eating X amount of, you know, carbs and X, you know, that's right. not what we're going to be doing. We're going to be, you know, finding ways to increase your overall health and wellness through that holistic approach. So looking at all the different elements of your health and wellness. So that's really what holistic means to me. And especially in what I obviously do with, with yeah. clients. I mean, I would even say that objectively, that's what it means, right? Like a right. whole For sure. person. And that, right. that's what I do as well. That's what I think a lot of dietitians do is, mm-hmm. you know, when I have an intake with a client, for probably the first 75% of the session, we're not even talking about food. I'm asking them right. about you right. know, their family and relationships and their sleep mm-hmm. and their stress and their physical activity and their menstrual history, if that's applicable. Like, Right. So many things that I also continue to check in on during our work right. together. And I would say any healthcare provider who doesn't take a holistic approach in that sense is not really giving the client, you know, the best experience that they can. 100%. I think that's also a really important kind of misnomer is that like dietitians just work on diet. Right. I mean, again, I'm not a dietitian, so who am I to say? But yeah. All the dietitians that I know, or at least I sort of surround myself with in my sort of sphere, like you, would be, you know, there are people that are taking a more holistic approach. And it's not like, okay, let's, you just talk about, you know, what'd you eat today? It's about how that food makes you feel and what's that food mean and all that, you know, and just all the other elements of your life that, that play a role too. So I think that in general, people in the wellness space I think there has been a big shift towards a more holistic approach kind of across the board. And that's not true for every medical sort of like area, but I think that in general, people are beginning to kind of make that shift. I think that's really cool. It is. Yeah. And I mean, this also speaks to kind of like knowing our own expertise because I have many clients who will come to me probably having that like preconceived notion of a dietitian and they'll say, I don't know if I can talk to you about this and body image. And I'm like, no, you can always say anything you want to say. If it's outside Mm -hmm. of my scope, that's on all, you know, redirect you to, okay, great. Like talk about that with your therapist, but how Mm -hmm. is it affecting your eating? Cause that we can talk about, you know, there are so many ways that it's all interconnected, even physically and biologically, like Mm -hmm. disturbances in sleep absolutely affect your hunger and fullness hormones, like just yeah. chemically and biologically. So yep. some of it is more related than you think, but also like 
it's on your provider to do what they know how to do and direct you where you need to go for what's outside of their scope. So it's 100%. all valid to talk about yes. with everyone. <laughs> Definitely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think that yeah, you make a great point. It's like, if that is outside of their scope of practice, looking for a practitioner that is willing to say that and um, yeah, I kind of direct you in that way, like in similar, but different ways. You know, if I have someone's asking me something that I'm like, you really need to talk to your doctor about that, or, mm-hmm. you know, let me check with the dietitian friend and get back to you, or here's some resources you could check out. But I'm, you know, again, I'm not an expert in a lot of things. And so I can, I can help them think about things in a different way or provide them really, you know, hopefully helpful resources. But I am never pretending to be an expert in something that I'm not an expert in because I don't want to be responsible for giving them bad information (laughs) either. You know, like that's, that's the last thing I want to do. Yeah. And the other great thing is, I mean, like you were saying at the very beginning, like we love this stuff. So even if Mm -hmm. we don't know everything, we've probably heard a podcast or met someone who specializes in it or read a book and like have the resource to pass on. Exactly. For sure. I think that's a, that is a great point, but um, but yeah, I think that understanding what holistic really means is important yeah. for people as well, because it's, yeah, it's not all just like, I'm going to encourage you to go, you know, take some herb or like right. tea to solve all your problems. You know, <laughs> right. maybe, right. maybe that could be a good suggestion, but it's really, it's a little bit more, um, it's a little broader than that. Like, again, it's looking at all the different areas of your health. Yes. And one of them that I want to dive into a little bit deeper is the whole mindset piece. Cause I think this is often overlooked. Um, a lot of people just think of health as purely physical. So sure. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're thinking about stress and sleep and exercise and those things that still have a very physical impact on your body. But well, actually I would say mindset also can have a very physical impact on your body for sure. But more so like you're saying, you know, I talk to clients about how they think about things and emotionally relate to it. And I know I've seen from your content that you are very big on mindset, meditation, all of that. So I think that would be fun to talk about. Like, how do you incorporate that? What do people think of it? How does it help your clients? Um, What does the mindset work look like? Yeah, I think uh, mindset is huge. And I mean, if you follow me on Instagram, I probably talking about mindset at nauseum. So you're like, yeah, we get it. (laughs) But I actually, I just led, I guess this was, oh my gosh, almost a month ago now, but led a, like a boot camp that was all about really mindset and sort of laying the foundation for creating change in your health and wellness. But we, we really have to start with mindset first because, and I'm sure maybe you find this in your own practice as well, in your own way. But, you know, a lot of times when I start working with, with clients, you know, most people want a, like a really specific plan of like, what should I be eating? What should I be doing? Like to solve all my problems. And it would be so short-sighted of me to just provide someone with like, here's a meal plan or here's this, because if we're not really shifting the way that we think about health in the first place, you're never going to change the, or create the real change that is needed in order to establish healthier habits, to, you know, create long lasting, um, you know, changes the way you think about things. And so it's really how you perceive health and how you perceive food choices or, you know, just the actions that you take every single day that, um, that really matters less so than often what, what that your action or that food choice or whatever it is actually is. And so, you know, mindset plays a huge role. And so I'll have, you know, my clients do a variety of exercises and obviously through our conversations a lot as well, we sort of dive into why we are making certain, um, 
decisions that maybe aren't serving us or, um, you know, why we feel certain way about certain types of food or whatever it is. Um, but I, you know, have a lot of clients do an activity where they become, or they work through this activity and we did this in this boot camp as well, but it helps people become a little bit more clear about their values. And I think values and mindset play a huge role in one another and becoming a little bit more aware of what your values are in terms of, you know, again, holistic approach, all the different areas of your health. And that could be everything from, you know, relationships are really um, important to me. And I really value spending time with loved ones, or I really value feeling successful in my career and achieving something in that regard or whatever it is. And I find that, you know, when most people are, are feeling out of balance, unfulfilled, unhappy, unsatisfied with their health, whatever it is, it is most often related to this sort of discrepancy between our actions and how we're living our life and the choices that we're making and what we actually value. So the reason I bring that up is just that, you know, again, values in our mindset sort of play a huge role. And when we begin to understand the ways in which we're not living in line with that kind of best self, quote unquote, that um, I sort of have clients visualize, then we can begin to, again, just bring a little bit more mindfulness to our actions and sort of shift and pivot our our decisions in the direction of our values. So maybe it's, you know, choosing to call a friend after work instead of sitting there and binge watching Netflix, or it's, you know, choosing to make the really nourishing meal and stay home and cook with your significant other or something and spend that time together and, you know, have something that tastes really good and is really filling and satisfying versus, you know, grabbing something quickly on the go and then, you know, feeling awful or whatever it is. You know, there's so many different things, but it's when we begin to make decisions that are more in line with what we really value, um, that mindset begins to shift. So that's really sort of the foundation, I think, of making any change in your health and wellness is just understanding in what ways am I not really living in line with the life that I want to have and what's actually important to me um, and kind of what's holding me back from being able to do those things. Right. I I mean, I 100% agree with pretty much everything you just said. And <laughs> again, just like showing how much more we have in common than is different. I mean, yeah. it's so key to, I would say, any change in your lifestyle at all. You know, and I also have a values exercise that I have clients do often because- Love that. Yeah. And it can show up slightly differently, you know, maybe with my clients, I would say very often. Right. The example of like, um, valuing relationships. Okay. So are you so stuck in dieting mm -hmm. or disordered eating that you're not allowing yourself to go out to the birthday party and then you're not nourishing right. your friendships because you will only yep. let yourself eat a salad. And so there might be different objective actions, but also maybe not because I, yeah, also, yeah. I also think the definition of health being broad mm -hmm. and holistic incorporates both. And I was thinking as you were talking about the, um, the principles of intuitive eating. There are 10 different principles and the beginning mm -hmm. ones literally are mindset based, like rejecting yep. diet culture, just retraining how you think about food mm -hmm. and wellness. And many clients want to jump to the very last one of nutrition <laughs> and they're like, right. tell me what to eat. Diet. Yeah. But, yeah. But you have to change your mindset and your thoughts before you can do that so that you don't get stuck mm -hmm. in those same patterns. So 100%. Yeah. So the other thing that I talk about, and I mean, I know just like from how you have portrayed the way you live your own life, you do as well, is yes, like having these values and goals and mindset of like what you want health to look like and feel like. Mm -hmm. And also, 
allowing it to be fluid and flexible. And so sometimes like cooking at home, prioritizing nutrient dense foods is going to be totally in line with what you want. And sometimes fast food might be so exactly right. How do you navigate that with people? I think that's a huge point as well. And I think that that is, it's such a hard thing. And I'm sure maybe you feel this as a, you know, as a practitioner as well. And that, you know, so many people are like, okay, what's that balance? How do you achieve that balance? And it's like, there is no prescription for like, okay, so you eat in nutrient dense foods X amount of days a week. And then you go, you know, nourish experiences or relationships X amount of days. Like it, it, to your point, it is fluid and it is very intuitive in the sense that you have to kind of just like riding the wave of life and making Mm -hmm. decisions that are in line with, you know, with the kind of life that you want to have. And I think that's a, such an important point in that I think a lot of people from my, you know, just experience think that, you know, maybe working with a health coach, it's going to be, okay, so I'm can only be you know, eating only good foods. And like, I have this person holding me accountable to that, whatever, when, you know, I'm just as supportive of my clients going and having the whatever pizza with friends on a Friday night and feeling really good about that decision and feeling super fulfilled by that experience with friends or whatever, as I would with them being super excited about meal prepping this new healthy recipe that they found online that they were excited about. So, you know, both of those things can be just as quote unquote, like successful and exciting and nourishing in different ways. And so it's, yeah, it's important to uh, to understand that the fluidity of that and that, you know, part of the holistic approach towards health is that there is space and a need in your life for all of these different types of, you know, of not just foods, but, but experiences. And they're all healthy in their own way. Yes. I, a lot of times I'll talk about food as like physically healthy and mentally healthy and, you know, 100%. take physically healthy for you. I mean, like, sure. Yes. It gives you carbs, energy. There are basic, like your body's going to use it. Um, right. It's giving you a lot of nutrients. No, but right. what is it giving you mentally? I was going to say spiritually. Are cupcakes spiritual? They could be. I mean, it could be. I don't know. Yeah, like, you do you. Spiritual uh, experience, for me, yes, they are. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Cupcakes are my religion. <laughs> but um, yeah, like it's your mental health is also so valid and affects your physical health as well. Um, 100%. And it all like the more you get into that mindset of balance, I'm sure you've seen this and see it in your clients, the more it allows you to find your own balance. So people are looking for that right. prescription of like, oh, is it the 80-20 rule? Like there's no rule. Yeah. But when you let go of the rules, you can modulate it for yourself. Right. And then right. like live your life. Feels good. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, yeah. I'm actually going to Austin next month um, to spend Ooh. some time there. And I'm like, yes, give me all the tacos, all the chips and guac. But I know from in the past, like by the end of the week, I'm going to be like, don't show me a tortilla for another month. Yeah, I'm good. I'm set on tortillas for a while. Yeah, yeah. So, and you just learn that through experience. For sure. Exactly. And that's what I think is the hardest part for, you know, for people to really understand is we all want like a prescription or a a rule to follow because I think it's a lot easier for a lot of people to have that sort of framework and that structure. And it's a lot harder to learn it on your own and, you know, putting the responsibility kind of on them as like a client or a, you know, whoever patient, whatever you want to call them, is it, you know, it's, 
it, it does take a lot of sort of just figuring it out yourself and having a, whether it's a dietitian or health coach or whatever, to, you know, to talk, help you talk through these things and understand them from a different perspective and give you the tools and resources that you need to be able to do the work on your own. But at the end of the day, it does take doing the work on your own, you know, and that's, I think, hard for some people to like wrap their mind around, but it, it does get yeah. easier and balance really comes through to your point experience and just figuring out what, you know, what kinds of choices and I don't know, decisions make, make you feel good, not just physically, but overall. And I think that when you, you know, I've even found from my own experience, like traveling, mm-hmm. I was just in Europe for two weeks. And I think that in the past, you know, being so hyper-focused on, oh gosh, you know, these foods are to make me feel bad or blah, blah, blah. You actually do feel worse coming back from a trip when you're stressed mm-hmm. about it the whole time. Yes. And like, you know, this trip, yeah, I enjoyed all of the foods and all of the wine and things and coming back, it's like, you just get back to your routine and I don't feel bad physically because there is such a mental physical you know One, correlation between stress and how you actually physically feel it's really wild yeah no it and it's so cool and i i'm so yeah. glad you that out cuz it's totally true but yeah you're right like this holistic approach is harder but like you said it gets easier and the way mm-hmm. i explain it often is we're just so used to the instant gratification that it seems harder because we are prioritizing the long-term comfort when in the short term it's going to be uncomfortable. So that is like not what our brains want to do, but when you actually commit to it, it does get better. 100%. I think that's a great way to put it. Love that. (laughs) Yeah. So the, the other thing that you brought up that I, I did not tell you about this before and I'm throwing you a curveball here, but (laughs) love it. Hit me. Um, the, this expectation that people often have of like, oh, I'm working with a health coach. Like I need to quote unquote, eat healthy and do everything right. Blah, blah, blah. Um, I do think there's also this perception that holistic health, health coaching, nutritionist is more stereotypically health focused. And there's also this idea that like, if someone is working on improving their health objectively in the way people typically think about that, that's automatically orthorexic and that's disordered. And right. that's like, you're, you cannot be intuitive if you're doing that, mm-hmm. which I completely disagree with. Um, do you encounter that? And what do you think of that mentality? Right. And I think that you make a great point. I think that you sort of mentioned this earlier, but there's just, there are people that have really like stuck their flags in one specific camp towards health, whether it's, you know, far in one direction of, you know, like, all healthy foods are disordered or anyone that chooses, you know, to mm-hmm. eat healthy, that's a bad, you know, whatever, or the total opposite direction. And so it's, it is a really tricky thing to navigate. I'm sure you feel this way too, especially with like social media and, you know, and being in that it's space. The worst in some way. It's the best, but it's also yeah. <laughs> that's the worst in that, you know, you can say anything about diet, nutrition, whatever on Instagram or whatever it is. And you're, going to find a lot of people that agree with you and think that's really helpful, motivational, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then there's always people that are, you know, well, that's very disordered, blah, 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 when that's not the intention at all. So it's, some of it is taking some of it with a grain of salt and, you know, you're going to please some people and you're not going to please some others. Right. But I also do think that, you know, kind of similar to what we we're talking about earlier, that I think that our sort of generation is much more aware of 
of taking a more holistic approach and that you know, some foods are nourishing for your body, some foods are, foods are nourishing for your soul. And there's, I think, a whole, you know, we maybe perceive it a little bit different and a little bit more holistic than than previous, I don't know if previous generations is the right word, but a lot of people that are so hyper health focused that they actually are missing out on, you know, a lot of, you know, they're not reaching people maybe in the same way. And so, yeah, I do think that it, it's a tricky thing to navigate. And that's why I like actually working with clients one-on-one because you can actually discuss these things with them and they kind of, people get it. Whereas, you know, when you're just posting something on social media, like it, you, people don't understand your necessarily always your, um, philosophy behind certain things that you're sharing or um I don't know so yes I do encounter that and I think that to your point too like a health coach and nutritionist people believe that they are to be super hyper health focused and in a lot of ways you know the majority of the people that I work with are looking to improve their diet and and oftentimes it's for valid reasons and Mm -hmm. they actually you know that's they're going to feel a lot better when they do improve certain elements of their health but I know I always personally try to be very mindful of not helping people instill bad habits in terms of their relationship with food at the same time. And so really, I really do try to make an effort to help people understand that, you know, every piece of health advice that they're given by social media or whoever, doing your research, taking it with a grain of salt, talking about it, you know, not just taking anyone's health advice, you know, at face value is important. Um, and, you know, reminding them of that sort of holistic perspective and reminding them that balance is important. And all those things are, it's, you know, it's our responsibility to, to help people improve their relationship with food, all types of foods, not just, mm-hmm. you know, helping them establish healthy habits and, you know, eat more greens or whatever. Like, that's great if that's yeah. helpful for you and that's a goal of yours or whatever. But at the same time, you know, I wouldn't, I would be doing people a disservice by, just helping them improve their diet and not understanding that there is, you know, it's a multifaceted issue. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so true. There are so many nuances and so many sides to this and like you can focus on your health and that's also going to include, um, mental and social and relational and emotional things that include a variety of foods and you can be intuitive and still, like eat vegetables and prioritize that. Right. I think that that's a really good point too, is I think that, you know, I always, I, again, I'm not a dietitian, so I'm not, this is not necessarily related to me per se, but, you know, especially people that work in the more like disordered eating, eating disorder space that I follow or know, you know, I think there's this kind of this misconception. It's like eat cookies all day and totally greens are bad. And you're like, well, that's, that's right. not what they're saying at all. And that's not right. how you live your life either. So it's like, right. you know, saying that all foods can fit in a really, you know, balanced, nutritious diet is not saying like, if you would choose to eat a vegetable, you have, you know, that's disordered eating or, yeah, right. you know, whatever. So it's, people always take things to the extreme and then it like, it's like a whiplash effect. And you're like, okay, well, yes. I don't know. Everyone, again, back to what we were saying earlier is people like to have like a rule or like label something. Mm-hmm. And so you just have to take all of that with a, you know, again, with a grain of salt and understand mm-hmm. that it's, I don't know. It, it, again, I think social media can make things seem so much more like dogmatic and, you know, than it really is intended. Yeah. It's like very clickbaity, but everything is really yeah. the gray area. And if you, For sure. if somebody is telling you <laughs> a black and white rule, that's not nuanced and gray and flexible, then it's, 
probably just sell a money. Probably bag. not right. Yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. There yeah, is no to sell That's probably very true. <laughs> yeah, sadly. Yeah. So bottom line, like do your research, ideally get to know someone who's getting to know you and giving you yeah. personalized advice and like embrace the gray, I think is kind yeah. of our, our takeaway, right? <laughs> yes. Which is harder, I think, yeah. for people to so hard do but it's like if you really want to make right exactly it's and it's constantly changing and you're constantly changing and what's going on in your life and whatever so it's you know but I think to your point earlier it gets it gets easier over time you just have to kind of work through some of these things to for it to kind of click eventually absolutely it's more the long game yeah yeah but we're sure all right cool um so I have one more fun question for you. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add? No, this is, I'm ready. Hit me. Okay. So obviously we both love food. So I need to know if it were your last day on earth, what would your ideal day of eating be? If there were going to be no like fullness or GI effects. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. This is actually my favorite question. My like this the total tangent. Yeah. Whenever we're at like a, family dinner so this is my sister's like favorite question like what is your like death row meal and like (laughs) and she and she and she's also a huge foodie and so she's like okay this is my very specific she has it all planned out like oh yeah i love detail as possible let's do it (laughs) i know and i love food so this is like very challenging for me honestly yeah um okay so we're starting with like meal by meal everything (laughs) okay i would say morning i love like a good oatmeal latte situation Oh yes. You've got to have some coffee of some sort. Um, breakfast. Oh my gosh. That's a bacon, obviously. Yeah. Um, bacon. I really love oatmeal. That sounds so, I was like that kid that was obsessed with oatmeal too. So like having like a nice loaded bowl of oatmeal would be nice. I definitely some bacon. But now like every day. And now it's just like, like, did you ever have the dino egg oatmeal? Yes. Oh my gosh, I haven't thought about that. So That's the only kind I would eat, and like just scoop out like, the eggs, and then like I'm done. <laughs> no, it was like it was like Quaker or you know, the little packets, so. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so feels great. Um, definitely some bacon. I would say, ooh, for lunch. God, this is really challenging. There is this place, and it's in Houston. They actually just opened one in Austin, but like if I, for lunch, they make. It's just like the local foods, and they have the most delicious like salad sandwiches, like mm-hmm. something from local foods because anything there is just amazing. There's um, they actually just opened one like, like a month ago. So when you're here, it's very yeah, it's they have amazing. such great food. Whenever I visit my sister in Houston, we always go like at least multiple times because just all the food is so good. Their crispy Brussels sprouts are delish. But Love dinner, it. I would say, I always use this one for this question because when my sister asks it um because it's just one of my favorite like childhood like cozy meals my mom again hasn't made it in a while but when we were growing up she'd make this for like birthdays and stuff but she'd make these short ribs that were to die for and then she makes cheese cheese grits with jalapenos in it and they're just that's like my childhood and the meal is my mom's short ribs in jalapeno cheese grits um amazing and then for dessert probably a Texas sheet cake, which is another, like that was my birthday cake growing up for my mom. Um, and it's just, it's a classic family fave. It's like probably from box mix. I don't know, but it's still <laughs> so that would be, I would probably be my, 
a good full day of, of foods. That's good stuff. Yeah. Of foods that really just feed the soul. <laughs> yes. Yes. Love that. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing. And thanks for sharing everything. This was such Thank a good you. Chat. No, this was great. I think that this is a really awesome topic and something that I think a lot of people hopefully will learn a lot about because it's yes. one of those things I think is, again, like with social media, yes. there's a lot of misinformation and a lot of weird cattiness and stuff. And so right. under, understanding what the heck we all do is kind yeah. of important. Together, <laughs> shed some light and hopefully it helps people. So 1, if people want to um, follow up and find you and everything you're doing, where can they find you? My Instagram is, it's at goodness with G. And then my website is uh, goodness with G.com. So those are usually my two places with like, you know, obviously blog posts and um, updates on social media and all that, all that good stuff. Amazing. Yay. Well, I will tag everything. Thank you so much. Yeah. And thanks again for coming on. Thank you. This is so great. There you have it. That is our episode for today. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I had such a fun time recording with Georgia, and it was just amazing to talk to someone who really aligns with my philosophy, even though, you know, our our job titles are different. So hopefully it was good perspective on just what we have in common and to take everything on social media with a grain of salt, really. Um, So if you still have questions, definitely send a DM to me or Georgia on Instagram. You can find her at goodnesswithg on Instagram, and everything will be linked in the show notes to keep up with both myself and with Georgia. I hope you enjoyed, and I'll see you in the next one.